0: Basmillah Bahman Rahim Alhamdulillah Rambil Alameen or Saliwa Salimala Muhammadin wa Alla alihi Wa Sahvi Ajmain in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful. All praise is due to Allah, the Lord of all that exists. May Allah salah and salam be upon the Prophet Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his pure and noble family, his noble companions and those who follow pursuit until the day of resurrection, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from them. I would be Lahi Sami Al Aimee Minas Shaytan Rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Sabdi Hisma Rabbika Al Aala. Yes, Sabdi Hisma Rabbika Al Aala. Can we have the first verse, Inshallah, Brother Ayman? Are you ready? The translation of the meaning of the first verse, this is the translation of the meaning of Sebda Hismar Rabbi. Glorify the name of your Lord the Most High. Jameel. Zakallah here. Excellent. <coughs> uh, first regarding Bismillah Rahman this is uh آية, this is a verse from the Book of Allah, an independent verse, and it is not from Al Fatiha neither from Al-Baqarah, neither from Al-Imran, neither from any chapter of the Quran. On its own, it stands as an independent verse, uh, initiating the beginning of every surah, except surah Bara'a, except surah Bara'a, which is uh, surah number 9. So, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Glorify the name of your Lord, the Most High the addressing here is to Rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam Allah is addressing him And the addressing in the Quran is of three types The addressing in the Quran by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is of three types The first type is that which is specific to the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam Alaykum wa barakatuh and this requires a dalil. this requires evidence that the addressing is particular to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The second type is that there is evidence to indicate that the addressing is general, not specific to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa The third case, in when there is no dalil, there is no evidence for for neither this nor for that, and in this case it will be Specific to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in terms of wording But general regarding him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And the Ummah at large And the Ummah at large in terms of ruling In terms of ruling So in this sense Alaykum As-Salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh I will repeat these important classifications Al-Khitaab al-Muajjah l Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam fil quran ala thalatati Aqsam The addressing in the Quran, which is directed to the Prophet ﷺ, is of three types. First, type, evidence is established that it is particular to him, and thus it will be particular to him, specific to Rasulullah ﷺ. The second, evidence is established that it is general, and thus it is general. Third, that there is no evidence to indicate either one, and in this case it would be, Specific to him, love done by wording it will be specific to him, and by ruling it will be specific to him, وسلم, and to the ummah at large, and to the ummah at large. Let's take some examples. The first example in Surah al-Sharh. wa "Alam Nashrah laka sadrak, wa wadā'na anka wizrak." Haven't we opened your breast for you, O Muhammad, وسلم, and removed from you? your burden this is specific to the Prophet this addressing is specific to the Prophet this is from Surah Al-Sharh verses 1 and 2 السلام, another example for this in Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verse 79 chapter 4 verse 79 and we have sent you O Muhammad as a messenger to mankind this is particular therefore to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam this addressing. As to the second example <coughs> Hello Yes, hello Mr. Kalimia okay, Alaykum As-Salam Rahmatullah Wa Barakatuh I invited you but I don't know where you were but I'll try to invite you again This is Alaykum As-Salam rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh Okay, now the second, the second type is the addressing in which there is evidence that it is general addressing. Like, for example, the saying of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Ya النَّبِيُّ O Prophet, Ida Tallaktum al-Nisaa. Listen to this: Ida Tallaktum, Ida Tallaktum al-Nisaa. Fattaliquuhun li'addathin. As in chapter sixty-five, verse one, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying, O Prophet. When you divorce women, divorce them at their idda, at their prescribed periods. So the addressing in the beginning is O oh, your Prophet Ya Ayyuhan النبي, in the beginning of the verse, addressing the, prophet, the Rasulullah And here he didn't say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say Ya Ayyuhaladina Amanu tallaqtumun Nisa or who you believe if you divorce women. No, he said, Ya ayyuha or Prophet, when you divorce woman. And he didn't say also on the other hand, Ya ayyuha النبي, you either nisa'. Or you Prophet, if you, meaning in the singular form, you divorce woman. But he, Allah said instead, Ya ayyuha أ... النبي, you either This therefore indicates that the addressing is. directly to the Prophet ﷺ, as well as to his Ummah at large, as well as to his Ummah at large, and then the third type is, (coughs) the third type that there is no evidence (coughs) to indicate either one, and therefore it will be by wording specific to the Prophet ﷺ, and by ruling it will be specific to him and to the Ummah at large, this is abundant in the Quran, this is abundant in the Quran. Here in this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says سَدِّحِ اسْمَ ala الْأَعْلَى نعم سَدِّحِ اسْمَ ala plural Yes The term is plural uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says And glorify the name of your Lord the Most High What does this glorification really mean? Uh, the voice is cutting? Is it also for others? Is it cutting also for others? Okay now, <coughs> uh, The glorification, سَبِّح sabbah isma rabbika meaning, نَزِّهَ Allah, glorify Allah by declaring that He is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from any defect, free from anything that doesn't fit His majesty and His greatness. This is the meaning of tanzeeh, to declare that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, high is he above any imperfection. This is the meaning of tanzeeh. So if you say subhanallah, it means an it means that I declare that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from any defect and any imperfection. That's why from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is the name As-Salam As-Salam The one free of all defects And Al-Quddus, the holy, the perfect one And let's take some examples From the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is Al-Haya Is the living Then His living subhanahu wa ta'ala Is perfect yet the living of the creature is imperfect because the life of the creature is preceded with non-existence and it is not eternal not only that what follows it is extinction. Everything on it will perish, as in Surah Al Rahman twenty six. Another example, the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no defect in the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He hears everything. Even the woman who came complaining against her husband to the Prophet. And Allah spoke of his story, of her story in Surah Al Mujadila. She used to speak, or she spoke to the Prophet. She spoke to the Prophet sallallahu <clears throat> alayhi And Aisha was in the apartment. And Aisha in the apartment. And she couldn't grasp, she couldn't grasp what she was saying. Yet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "قد سمع الله قول تجادلك في زوجها." Indeed, Allah has heard the statements of her, the woman, and she, Her name is Khawla bin Salala, that disputes with your, with you or oh Muhammad concerning her husband Ibn al-Samit and complains to Allah. That's why Aisha commented by saying Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah, the one who whose hearing has encompassed all voices. The woman came complaining to the Prophet ﷺ, And some of her statements I couldn't even hear. Well, she was in the same apartment. So, the meaning of sabbah means to sabbah, meaning to declare that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from any defect and or imperfection. So it means glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioning His name. And don't just mention that in the Quran and in, in, the, in, the, in the heart. But rather in the heart and on your tongue. And that by remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As in Surah Al-Waq'ah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states فَسَبِّحْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمِ So glorify with praises the name of your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala the most great that is because the tasbih could be in the heart could be also in decree, and also could be by the tongue and it could be by all of that meaning therefore the believer makes tasbih in all of that in his heart uttering also in his tongue rabbik sabbih Rabbik al Arab is Allah and the name means Arab means Al Khalik Al Malik Al Umur Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator Al Malik the one who possesses everything Al Mudabber Lijami Umur, the one who runs the affairs of all things. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the creator. He is Al Malik And to him belongs the kingdom وهو المدبر لجميع الأمور, And the one who runs the affairs of all things The mushriks, the pagans, the polytheists Used to testify to this As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells about it in the Quran الله, And if you ask them as to who created the heavens and the earth, they would say Allah. Uh, this is in Surah Luqman, which is chapter uh, uh, which is verse 20, 25, Surah Luqman verse 25 and also in Surah al verse 87, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَهُمْ لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهِ And if you ask them who created them, they would Admit and say, they would say Allah, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala also told us, if they were asked, الميت الميت الله, Who provides for you from the sky and the earth, or who? Owns your hearing and sight And who brings out the living from the dead And the dead from the living And who disposes the affairs They will say Allah Say Will you not then be afraid of Allah's punishment For setting up rivals in worship with Him So they, the pagans, the polytheists, The polytheists, they admit That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To him belongs the kingdom of the heavens and the earth and all that's in between them and to him belongs the running of the affairs and to him belongs the creation yet they worship with him others, they set up rivals with him in worship and this is due to the ignorance, how do you testify that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one the unique one who is al-khaliq the creator, al-malik the one who possesses everything the one who runs the affairs of the thing Yet you worship others besides him So the point to make here Is that the meaning of al Rabb The Lord Is that he is the creator Al-Malik The one who possesses everything Al-Mudabbir al-Umur, The one who runs the affairs of everything So whenever you hear the Term and or the name Of Allah as al rab In the Quran then remember al khalik Al-Malik, Al-Mudabbar Al-Khaliq, Al-Malik, Al-Mudabbar Please uh, make the, uh, if you can cut the the the, uh, the summary of that Which Brother Abu Maryam just put there Alhamdulillah, that will be good To keep it uh, in your notes Every person who testifies to these three matters Then it is incumbent upon him that he worship none except Allah as it is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya ayyuhan النَّاسُ عَبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قبلكم. The first command in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah Ya ayyuhan nas, O Mankind عَبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ Worship none except your Rabb Allah الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ The one who created you وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ And those before you Chapter 2 verse 21 he is saying Allah here, a'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum worship the Lord that created you meaning la ta'buduna ghayrahu don't worship other than him Then comes al a'la subbihisma rabbika al a'la al a'la stems from al loftiness and the loftiness of Allah and the highness of Allah and the transcendence of Allah is of two types the transcendence of the rank or the attributes and the transcendence al is that the transcendence of the essence of Allah Himself as to the highness of the rank or the attribute then to Allah belongs the most perfect attributes الأعلى, and to Allah belongs the most and highest parable as in Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 60 as to the transcendence of Allah Himself indeed verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above creation risen on His arsh in the way that fits His majesty and His glory and if a man, if he says if a person says Ya Allah, O Allah you will find him directing himself and his heart in particular upwards, upwards. فَاللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ فَوْقَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلَى عَرْشِهِ Indeed, Allah, the Most Majestic, the Most High, is above everything. Arose over his arsh. So, al-A'la, if you read it, then... Feel within you That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is high Most perfect in his attributes And that he in himself Subhanahu wa ta'ala by himself Is above everything And that's why the person When he prostrates to Allah He says Subhana Rabbi al-a'la Subhana Rabbi al-a'la Far removed Allah is above Every imperfection my Lord Allah the Most High he remembers the person remembers his lowness why because now he is prostrating he is is standing up and then he goes to suful, to a low status to a low place and therefore the most noble of the person and the highest of that in, in him is his face yet he puts it on earth the earth upon which the feet of people steps and therefore it is from the wisdom to say Subhana ala far is removed Allah the Most High the Lord, my Lord above everything the Most High meaning I declare him far from any imperfection and that he is above everything because I came down to that which is the lowest status for me to go into this physical low place and therefore here you declare the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his most perfect attributes and in him being above creation then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse says الَّذِي خَلَقَ فَسَوَّى, الَّذي خلق فسوى. the one who created everything and then proportioned it. Second verse, please. Fasawa. here means created, meaning Min al brought to existence from non-existence. All the creatures, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, brought it to exist. He Subhanahu Wa Taala says, Ya Ayyuha ضُرِبَ مَثَلٌ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهِ O oh, mankind. Oh, mankind, a similitude has been coined, so listen to it carefully. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Verily those on whom you call beside Allah, لَنْ يَخْلُقُوا ذُبَابًا وَلَوْ اجتمعوا لَهِ They cannot create even a fly even though they can combine together for this purpose meaning they can combine all their powers and all their ways and means for this purpose to bring it to reality but they cannot وَإِن يَسْلُبُهُمُ الذُّبَابُ شَيْئًا لَا مِنْهُ ضَعُفَ الطَّالِبُ وَالْمَطْلُوبُ and even though they combine together and if the fly snatches away a thing from them they will have no power to release it from the flying so weak are both the seeker and the sought the seeker who seeks other than Allah and the sought the one being sought by others being deified by others. and this is a great parable, a great similitude all of those that you call beside Allah dubaban wouldn't be able to create a fly even if they were all together and combined, even of all the aliha, all the gods that is worshipped other than Allah and all the leaders and people in authority and all the engineers come to create a fly one single fly they wouldn't be able to achieve that and in our contemporary times, with the advancement of industry, this great and tremendous advancement, if all of those creation combine their efforts to bring forth and to create a single flight, they wouldn't be able to even though they say that they have made a robotic person, they are not able to create a fly, because this robot is only a combination of tools and instruments which moves, but it does not go hungry, it does not go thirsty, it doesn't feel the cold, it moves only by control, The fly, it couldn't really create All those combined Other than Allah They wouldn't be able to bring forth Into creation that of a fly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the only creator And How His creation How does it take place? It takes place by one word by one word Inna Isa Isa 'ind Allah kamathali Adam khalaqahu min turabin thumma qala lahu kun fayakun The similitude of Jesus or Isa with Allah is like that of Adam. He created him from dust then he said to him be kun this is the word kun and he is also in Surah Yasin, verse 82, "Inna ma amruhu idha arada shey'an an yaqool Kun fayakun." His command, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, if He wants something, He will say to it, "Be kun fayakun." Kalima waqida, one single word. All the creatures, all will die, all will perish. All will be eaten by the earth or by the prey animals and or by fire. Yet on the day of resurrection Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the shout the second blowing of the trumpet and all of those who perished will come up. فَإِنَّمَا هي زَجْرَةٌ وَاحِدَةٌ فَإِذَا هُمْ بِالسَّاهِرَةٌ As in Surah al Verse 13 It will be but a single shout, So behold, they will all be brought up before us In Surah Yasin Verse 53 also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states إن كانت إلا صيحة واحدة فإذا جميع لدينا محضرون it will be but a single shout, so behold, they will all be brought before us كل العالم all that exists from ants, from mankind and jinn, from beasts, from insects and others, all on the day of resurrection will be gathered by one single word. and thus therefore Allah, the Most Magnificent, the Most High, He is alone the Creator and none else with Him creates and all the creation is not difficult for Him and it is easy for Him and it all occurs by one word and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is regarding His creation Fasawa. فَسَوَّا meaning He subhanahu wa ta'ala not only created but He then proportioned the creation They proportioned it on the best form and the most suitable form in accordance with his wisdom and justice and knowledge. As to man, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning this, الذي خلقك فسوّاك adalak, Who created you, fashioned you perfectly, في أي صورة ما شاء ركبك and gave you due proportion in whatever form He willed He put you together, as in Surah Al-Infitar verses 7 and 8 and in Surah 13 verse 4 لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ Indeed, verily we have created man in the best stature in best mold nothing of the creatures is better in this sense his head is above his heart and his chest on a perfect form so the first thing that will enter under this term that he then proportion will be man and everything also will be proportion in the suitable way that fits his purpose and his existence then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِي قَدْرَ فَهَدَى وَالّذِي قَدْرَ فَهَدَى And who Allah has measured, preordained for everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had preordained it. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَقَدْرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا And He created everything and He has measured it exactly according to its due measurement as in Surah Al-Furqan chapter 25 verse 2 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala measured it and proportioned it in its essence in its attributes in its status in its turning everything has a specified measure Our, the life spans are measured The conditions are measured The bodies The physical forms are measured Everything is Proportioned perfectly As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He created everything And he has measured it exactly According to his two measurement. Then Allah says "Fahada." Then he guided So look here Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala started first by khalaq the creation and then shaping the creation in the form that is suitable uh there is a hot mic here apparently can you hear me am i stuck am i stuck Okay, Assalamu Alaikum. Uh, Assalamu Alaikum. I was stuck apparently, right? What was the last thing that you heard, Barakallah feekum What was the last thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to myself, I think, here. Okay, Alhamdulillah. Can anybody remind me so that I can go over these things that you missed perhaps? okay uh can anybody tell me where uh where you reached from your side so that i can continue inshallah and cover up those things that uh, that you perhaps missed can anybody do that please about five minutes ago ok if I go with the following uh, then let me know if uh, you missed that not. Right. Uh, the last thing I mentioned perhaps the last thing you heard when I related that as to the manner in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates he creates by the word kun by his saying by single word kun ok that was the last thing that you heard. Yeah, okay. Alright, so we can continue. Exactly. And the evidence for that is in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala إِنَّ مَثَلَ عِيسَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ Adam, The similitude indeed of Jesus with Allah is like that of Adam. He created him from dust. خَلَقَهُ مِن تُرَابٍ ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهُ kun فَيَكُونَ And then he said to him, Be كُنْ this is the word. this is the single word kun be and he was Also in Surah Yasin verse 82 Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says inna amruhu itha arada shay'an an yaqula kun fayakun Indeed He commands if he wants anything Subhanahu wa Ta'ala his command is to say to that thing be and it will be one word all the creatures will die and perish maybe eaten by the earth or eaten by prey and beast animals or by fire yet on the day of resurrection on the day of resurrection Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will gather them all by one single shout, which is the second blowing of the trumpet. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, "In illa وَاحِدَةٌ فَإِذَا هُمْ جَمِيعٌ لَدَيْنَا محضرون. It will be but a single. Can you hear me now, please? It will be but a single shout. So, behold, they will all be brought up before us. They will all be brought up by us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, before us. Sayyid. This is Surah Yasin, verse 53. All the creation from mankind and jinn, the beasts and the insects and the like, will be gathered with one single word, even and therefore and hence, Allah, the Most High, the Most Majestic, alone is the creator and none else creates with him or besides him. While Khalku and the creation is easy for him. One word. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fasawah, like Musalamu Rahmatullah Bakar. Fasawa. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says who has created and then proportioned it Created and then proportioned it, meaning, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala proportioned what He creates on the best form and the most suitable form. Man, for example, Allah mentions concerning the proportion of man, "Allah." is the one who created you and fashioned you perfectly and gave you due proportion. In whatsoever form he will, he put you together. Also we read in Surah 18, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, insana fi ahsani Verily we have created man in the best stature, in the best mold. There is nothing of the creatures better in the creation in terms of form than man His head is above, his heart and his chest on a perfect form And that's why the first thing that will enter under the saying of Allah Fasawa is man الَّذِي The one who created and then Fasawa, And he proportioned what he created Everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proportioned According to the way that is most suitable for it Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the third verse وَالَّذِي قَدَّرَ فَهَدَى وَالَّذِ قَدَّرَ فَهَدَى Meaning that he is the one who has measured Has measured everything Has given everything its due An exact measure and preordainments Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala states in Surah Al-Furqan regarding this وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَقَدَّرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا He created everything and has measured it exactly according to its due measurements He created things in their essence and in their attributes Everything having a specified measure, a specified lifespan, specified conditions, specified and limited bodies. Alaikum Everything is preordained in exact measurements, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in that verse he created everything and has measured it exactly according to its due measurement. Then Allah says, Fahada. So follow these verses now. Khalak created. Sawa, proportioned. Then qadar preordained everything in its due and exact measures. Then what? Fahada. Then He subhanahu wa ta'ala guided. Then He guided. And the guidance here. <laughs> the guidance here is of two kinds, and this comprises the two types of guidance. The first type of guidance is, can we put those to Brother Abu, Brother Abu Maryam, khair"? the two types of guidance? It's very important. The first guidance is nah, creation, proportion, ordained, and guided. Now, concerning the guidance, it comprises two parts. The first is, Al-Hidayah Al-Kawniyah the universal guidance the universal guidance and the second type is the legal guidance so these are the two types of guidance Al-Hidayah Al-Kawniyah the universal kindness uh, guidance and the second one is Al-Hidayah al the legal one the legal guidance what is Al-Hidayah <coughs> Al-Kawniyah what is the universal guidance Al-Hidayah al kawniyah Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had created everything For the purpose For its existence We take from Surah Taha Chapter 20 verse 49 and 50 The saying of Firaun The Pharaoh when he told Musa He said Musa. Who is your Lord, O Musa? Our Lord is the one who gave everything, it, He created its form and nature and then guided it. And then guided it. You will find every creature, Allah, except that Allah had guided it for that which it needs. The, the child, when he is born and when he wants to suckle, Allah guides him to the breast to take from it and suckle from it that which he needs. Look at the minute insects look at the ants it doesn't build its homes, its houses in lofty places but it rather does, I'm sorry it puts its its houses it builds them on lofty places, why? fearing from flood that water will enter its holes and thus finishes it up, ruins it, and when rain comes, and if there is any food, supplies from grains and so forth, in here, in its houses, it will take it out when the sun rises, when the sun appears, exposing it to the sun, why? lest it should get rotten and before it stores its grains it will eat the parts of the grain the sides of the grain why? lest it will grow and this will and thus it will be of no benefit to them this is something witnessed and experienced and known. Who is the one who guided the answer to all of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the type of universal guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided every creature to all that it needs. As to the legal or legislative guidance, this is the thing which is Of particular importance With respect to the children of Adam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Had made that clear Even to the kuffar Even to the disbelievers That Allah had guided them In the sense that He showed them Directed them Listen in this respect To what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Says about the people of Thamud The disbelievers of Thamud The tribe of Thamud وَأَمَّا ثَمُودُ فَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ عَلَى الْهُدَىٰ As to the people of Thamud, we showed and made clear to them the path of the truth. But they preferred blindness to guidance. Here is the, is the legislative guidance. And this is the guidance which is intended... in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبِدُونَ Verily, I have not created the jinn and the ins except for the sole purpose of worshipping me alone. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about that? So that we resort to Him in all of our affairs. In all of our affairs. If we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the creator Who brought us from non-existence And thus if we are inflicted With a disease or a sickness or illness Then we resort to Allah Why? Because the one who created you And brought you to exist from nothing Is all able to correct that matter in your body And thus resort to Allah your Lord and depend upon him and there is no problem for you to take from the medicine which Allah had made allowable for you yet with the belief, with the firm belief that this medicine, this treatment is one of the causes which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had created and if you are cured and healed by this cause the one who truly gave you the healing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this created means he is the one who subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this medicine a cause for your healing and if he wished he would have made it a cause for your destruction and this tells us that when we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is the creator then we resort to him in all of our affairs if we know that He is the one who guides and thus we seek His guidance we seek His sharia to follow and this is our legal guidance so that we reach that which He had prepared for us from the noble life in the hereafter then comes the next verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brings out the pasturage the pasturage and then makes it dark stubble so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates and he subhanahu wa ta'ala also eliminates then he subhanahu wa ta'ala says we shall make you to recite meaning the Quran or Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa so you muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa shall not forget it this is a promise from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam annahu yaqra'uhu alquran makes him recite the quran wa la yansahu rasul and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa does not forget it and he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to hasten when jibril bring him or brought him the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah reminded him by saying then لا به لسانك لتعجل move not your tongue concerning the Quran to make haste therewith it is for us to collect it and give you the ability to recite it and when we have recited it to you, O Muhammad, through Jibreel, alaihissalam, then follow it. Follow its Quran recital. Then it is for us to make it clear to you after the recitation. So, after this admonition from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The Prophet ﷺ used to listen until Jibreel finishes the recitation from the revelation. Then he would repeat it ﷺ. Here Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala says سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا Tansa, We shall make you to recite so that you shall not forget it. يعني, except that Allah wishes for you to forget. Because the matter is in Allah's hand. Why? Because Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala says اللَّهُ مَا يَشَاءُ Allah blots out what He wills and confirms what he wills as in Surah Al-Raad which is chapter uh, 13 verse 39 and in Surah Al-Baqarah we know concerning the abrogation of the verses in Surah Al-Baqarah uh, chapter 2 verses 106 and 107 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says مَا نَنْسَخْ مِنْ آيَةٍ أَوْ نُنْسِهَا نأتي بِخَيْرٍ مِنْهَا أَوْ مِثْلِهَا ألم تعلم Whatever a verse or a revelation do we abrogate or cause to be forgotten This is the point, or cause to be forgotten We bring a better one or similar to it Know you not that Allah is able to do all things Know you not that it is Allah to whom belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth? And besides Allah you have neither any wali or protector or guardian nor helper. And maybe it's that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam forget and a verse from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately will make him right away remember that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the following verse yalamul jahra So we shall make you to recite the Quran So you O Muhammad shall not forget it Except what Allah may will He knows what is apparent and what is hidden He knows what is apparent and what is hidden So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows all that which is apparent all that which man يعني, uh, Utters And we hear from or, we, or others hear from him And وَمَا yakhfa, That which is hidden Meaning not apparent All of these Both Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To Allah they are all known As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah Qaf Chapter 50 verse 16 وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ وَنَعْلَمُ مَا تُوَسْوِسُ بِهِ نَفْسُهُ and indeed we created man And we know what His own self whispers to him Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when we yusra, And we shall make easy for you O Muhammad وسلم, The easy way The easy way Meaning to do righteous deeds This is from the promise again This is another promise from the promises Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his messenger وسلم, That he will make it easy for him he will guide him to all that which is easy in all of his affairs especially in matters related to the obedience of Allah azza wa Jal. and when the prophet sallallahu alaihi told the companions that there is no one of mankind except that his seat or his place in paradise or in the fire of hell except that it has been assigned to him all the children of Adam their places, their seats in in paradise if they were from the people of paradise or in the fire of hell if they were people from the fire of hell all of that has been written they the companion said when he informed them about this the companions said, Ya Rasulullah, afa la nada'u al-Amal. Okay, brother Abu Maryam, afa la nada'u al-Amal, wa na ttakil, yaani ala ma kutib. They said, Why should we carry on doing good deeds? Shall we depend and give up work and therefore depend on that which has been already written? The Prophet sallallahu sallam admonished them by saying, La ne ʿAmalu. But carry on doing good deeds فكل ميسر لما له, For everyone will find easy to do such deeds As will lead him to that for which he has been created Then he ﷺ recited the saying of Allah فأما من أعطى واتقى وصدق بالحسن فسنيسره لليسرى as for him who gives in charity and keeps his duty to Allah and fears him and believe in husna husna is the Tawheed and all the manifestations of Tawheed we shall make smooth for him the path of ease the path of ease of goodness This is in chapter 92 verses 5 to 10 This hadith therefore is evidence that cuts off what people may say as a pretext for doing sins, so they may commit sins and say, Hada maktubun "This is written for me. It's already written for me. This is not a proof. Why? Because Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم said, فَكُلُّ مُيَسَّرٌ لِمَا Father. Carry on doing good deeds For everyone will find easy to do Such deeds as will lead him To that which he has been created So is there anyone who keeps you From or prevents you From doing righteous deeds If you want them Never Hmm? Yes does anyone confine you or prevent you from doing righteous deeds if you want to do them? No, never Okay هَلْ أَحَدٌ يُجْبِرُكَ عَلَى الْمَعْصِيَةِ لَوْ لَمْ تردها? Is there anyone that compels you to do a sin if you didn't want it, to do it? No, no one So, if someone compels you to do a sin then there will be no, nothing yani, upon you meaning you will not acquire a sinful deed and therefore you will not carry the consequences of someone who would do it in the other way we are doing it by choice even disbelief which is the greatest of sins Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states regarding this من كفر بالله من بعد إيمانه, the one who disbelieves in Allah after having believed except him who is forced thereto and whose heart is at trust meaning with iman, with faith يعني there is nothing upon him but the blame is on whom? But such as open their breasts to disbelief. And on them is wrath from Allah and theirs will be a great torment. These are the ones who are going to be held accountable. Not even the one who is made to disbelieve after his faith out of compelling. Yet when his heart is at rest with Iman. This is not blame. Even in this gravest sin. And thus we say, Act, O man, act righteously, and avoid evil. So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads you to al-yusra, that which is easy. And keeps you away from that which is usra, hard. Hardship. So Rasulullah. Allah promised him that He will make easy for him the easy way of doing righteousness. And that's why there hasn't been any situation where the Prophet faced a difficulty except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had put for him and made for him an easy way out. Then Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala commanded the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi to say, "Fadakkar," and thus and therefore, remind. Fadakkar. In nafat al dhikra In nafat al dhikra Fadakkar. Remind men in case the reminder profits them. This is the translation of the meaning. Okay. Meaning, remind men, mankind, remind them of the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of the days of Allah admonish them in nafa'at dhikra meaning in case the reminder profits them and if it doesn't then don't admonish them then there is no benefit from admonishing some people knowing that they are they don't get the benefit this is what has been said regarding the meaning of this verse some of the scholars also are with the opinion that the meaning of this verse is admonish them no matter what admonish them regardless of their situation this verse is uh, from uh, verse number 9 in surah 87 which we are discussing now which we are explaining Okay. so the second opinion is that no matter what admonish them and remind them And the reminder will benefit It will benefit the believers And it will benefit the one who is being reminded On any case And if the one who is being reminded Is not benefiting From it He is still a believer I'm sorry The one who is being reminded If he benefits from it, then he is a believer And otherwise, this will not diminish from the reward of the one who is reminding And thus, according to the second opinion ذكر سِوَاءَ نفعت الذِّكْرَ أَمْ لَمْ تَنْفَعَ Remind them whether the admonition or the reminder will benefit them, or it will not Also, some of these scholars have said if the person thinks that the admonition or the reminder is beneficial, then it becomes obligatory. Yet, if he thinks that it is not beneficial, in the Latin fact it will have no effect, then he has the choice. If he wishes, if he wishes, he may, and if he wishes, he may not. Despite all of that, nevertheless, there should be the reminder even though you may think it may not benefit why? because it will benefit you and people will know that this thing that you are reminding them about is either a wajib, is either an obligatory matter or it may be haram, unlawful and if you keep silent while people are doing the haram, then they may say, well, had this been an unlawful matter, then the, then the learned men of knowledge would have reminded us regarding it. Or they would say, had it been an obligatory matter, then the ulama, the scholars, would have reminded us about it. And therefore, from this, we know that it is labud, it's a must. To remind And to propagate the sharia Whether it will benefit or not Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us As to who will benefit And as to who will not سيذكر yakhsha, The reminder will be received by him who fears Allah الأشقى and but it will be avoided by the wretched. It will be avoided by the wretched. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear that mankind are after the reminder are of two types. The first type those who fear Allah Azza wa knowing his greatness subhanahu wa ta'ala those if they are reminded by the verses of Allah they will be receiving it as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described عباد الرحمن the slaves of Allah the most beneficent by saying والذين إذا Ayati بآيات ربهم لم وعميانا, as in surah Al-Furqan chapter 25 verse 73, and those who, when they are reminded of the verses of Allah, of his uh, revelations, his verses, his lessons of their Lord, fall not deaf and blind thereat. So these are Ibadur Rahman, those who are qualified of being the slaves of the most merciful, of the most beneficent, and those who, when they are reminded of the verses of Allah, of their Lord, Fall not deaf and blind to their essence. The second type is those mentioned in the second verse, it will be avoided by the wretched. The reminder will be avoided by the wretched. So he will avoid it and he will not benefit from it. Al-Ashqa here is derived from al from wretchedness, and it is on opposition to happiness. As stated in Surah Hud, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ شَقَوْا فَفِي As to those who are wretched then they will be in the fire of hell Hud verse 106 وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فَفِي الْجَنَّةِ And as for those who are the happy ones they will be in al-jannah in paradise So this one is wretched he will avoid the reminder and the admonition and will not benefit from it and Al-Ashqa is in Arabic, Al-Balig fi shaqawa one who had reached the utmost of wretchedness, and this is the Kafir, this is the disbeliever. The Kafir, Yazdakar, he may receive the reminder, but may not benefit from it. He may not benefit from it. That's why Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says regarding the wretched who receive and does not benefit from that is al-lad nar al-kubra who will enter the great fire and will be made to taste its burning. And this is the fire of hell. Why this? The fire of this life is the is nothing compared. To that of the hereafter. In fact, it has been authenticated from the Prophet in an authentic narration. in anarad dunya, the fire of this life, is only juz is only apart from seventy parts of the fire of the hereafter. This hadith is reported in Sahih Muslim. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala described the, the uh, here, the great fire that the kafir will enter the great fire meaning if he dies on the state of kufr and will be made to taste its burning he called it an-nar al-kubra the great one and the the fire of this life which we know and we experience and we use and utilize is the small one and we heard in the hadith of the Prophet that this life is only part of 70 parts with respect to the that of the hereafter so that of the hereafter excelled over this one by 69 parts and when we say, when we say the life of this world we meaning all of it meaning the most intense of it Okay, compared to that of the great one and the hereafter is only 1 to 70 in ratio that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the other one of the hereafter justice for all peace high is the great one then neither die to be in rest nor live a good living it means that the one who enters that fire of hell I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save it to save us from, from it it means that he doesn't die and therefore rest and he doesn't live a happy life in joy in fact, they are like living in reality, but what? Living in torture. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about them describing their state in Surah Al-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 56. As often as their skins are roasted through, we shall change them for other skins. That they may taste the punishment. We seek refuge in Allah from that. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about them, when they are there in the fire of hell, they will call upon Malik, and Malik is the keeper of the fire of hell. مالك, and they called upon, Ya Malik, O Malik, لِيَقْضِيْ عَلَيْنَا رَبّكَ Let your Lord finish us and destroy us and relieve us from this torment what was the response of Malik he said you are indeed staying there is no rest and there will be. it will be told to them as in Surah al verse 78 we have brought to you the truth but most of you hated the truth and rejected it this is the meaning neither die to be in rest nor live a good life and if someone may say how is it that man you know is neither living nor dying it will be said he doesn't die there in a death whereby he will rest and he doesn't live a life whereby he will be in joy he is in torment and chastment in the fire of hell and he will be in such an intense state that from the punishment that he will hope for death but that will not occur to him this is the meaning لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيَا there he will neither die to be in rest or, nor live a good life here Insha'Allah we stop we have finished Alhamdulillah 14 of the verses or 13 of the verses and inshallah we continue tomorrow we finish inshallah tomorrow inshallah Ta'ala the rest of the Surah Surah Al-A'la which is number 87 Number 87 May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen For this great explanation Of these verses Wa sallallahu ala muhammadin Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Wa khair for your attentive Stay here And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Make of this a benefit for myself And for all of you Wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in